Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Steve Sparky Fiverr on 1250 AM. The Fan, 55 past the hour time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out. Joining us now, he is Keith Smith. You've heard him for years here on The Fan. Follow him at Keith Smith NBA, part of Track, Celtics blog, and at Front Office Show on Twitter. So obviously, being a part of the Celtics blog, let's start with the Boston Celtics. As we look ahead to this NBA season, uh, I see a lot of previews, a lot of predictions from all the big websites, a lot of people taking the Milwaukee Bucks to represent the East conference uh, in the NBA Finals. Tell me why uh, that may not happen, and it may be Boston instead. Yeah, first of all, I want to say I don't think anybody picking the Bucks is off base. I think they've got as good a chance as any. I think you could give you know probably about somewhere between six and eight teams about even odds to win the title, but I think the Celtics should be right in that mix. They made it last year. That's one big reason why you should feel good about their chances this year, and they got better. They got Malcolm Brogdon, who really is is going to fill a huge role for them, giving them kind of exactly what they were missing in the series against the Bucks, against the Heat, and against the Golden State Warriors. When things went sideways for the Celtics in the playoffs, it was usually a lot of turnovers and kind of messy offense. Defense was generally where it needed to be the entire time. Uh, Brogdon should come in as long as he's healthy and available. That's a pretty big if, but as long as he's there, he should be able to give them what they need offensively started being uh, as far as being reliable and steady goes. And I know people are going to say they lost Ime Udoka, but Joe Mazzullo has been there. He's been there for years. He was a holdover from Brad Stevens' staff. He's not a new guy to the franchise or to the players or to anything like that to do with the Celtics. So I think they're going to miss Ime Udoka a little bit less than I think people realize. What about uh, his attitude and how he goes about things, right? Because no two people are alike. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. Some guys are more vocal as coaches. Some guys are more laid back as coaches. Some guys do little things to try and motivate certain players, leave stuff at their locker, or give them things to read like Phil Jackson. What's the difference there between those two? Yeah, I think uh, Joe Mazzullo is a little less direct and a little quieter in the way he did, did things. I think Ime Udoka, as a former NBA player, came in very much with, hey, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think you need to know, and it's not going to be what you want to hear, but it's going to be what you need to hear. It's And he started that almost from day one of the season. He was very critical of the players uh, quite often through the media in post game, but you'd also hear it in in-game huddles and in practices and shoot around. He would call guys out and be direct. Now I think Joe Missoula will do the same but slightly less uh, kind of in your face about it. I think he's still not going to hesitate to put guys in their place, tell them what they need to do, and to make sure that they're all on the same page. But he's not going to let things kind of uh, really spiral and guys get away with stuff like that either. He's just going to be right there telling guys what they need to do. Keith, when uh, you talk to a Bucks fan about last year in the playoffs, when we talk about the Celtics you know, going to the finals, the Bucks fans will immediately say, but uh, the Bucs did not have Chris Middleton in the playoffs, and if the Bucs are actually healthy – 
this year in the playoffs. That's why a lot of people think they can make that run. How big of a difference do you think it would have been for the Bucks had they had a healthy Chris Middleton? Yeah, it would have been huge, especially when you factor in. I think Chris Middleton's career shooting for his percentage against Celtics is something like 85%. It feels like. It is, just, yeah. You know, he is way up that list on all-time Celtics killers. So, um, But, yeah, it, it obviously, huge impact. Now, what I can account with that is who doesn't get some luck along the way sure. in a run to the finals or a run to the title, You right? could say the Bucks Everybody did on their run. You could say the Bucks did on their yeah, run absolutely. with the injuries that, yep. that they didn't – with Trey Young getting hurt, and then you had the KD yep. big toe thing, and then Harden and Kyrie <laughs> guys and all that. So, yeah, they definitely had luck too, yeah, no question. It, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Winning a championship is very, very hard. It's, you know, extremely difficult. And, you know, any luck you get along the way, you should welcome it and go. But I think if you're a Bucks fan, you should be sitting there saying, hey, this is why we feel confident in our team, right? We've got Giannis, who is probably at this point uh, most, uh, I think, folks consider to be the best player in the world. I don't know that, uh, that you're going to get a lot of argument on that. You've got pretty good depth, even if it's a little shaky on the wing, especially with some of the injuries right now. Uh, that's a little worrisome. But I also think Milwaukee has learned the lesson over the last several years of pushing for 60-plus regular season wins. It's nice, but it doesn't really mean all that much. It's more important that we get to the playoffs healthy, we get there ready to go. So I, I think they're going to, you know, they, they, they're in that phase of their franchise cycle where you know, hey, get home court advantage in the first round, maybe the second round, you know, we feel pretty good about that in the postseason. They're going to be right there because because they've got that good deep roster. We talk about the Eastern Conference. I think it's getting better uh, year by year, little by little. The, the bottom of the East is getting better. I think the Pistons significantly improved their team uh, in the offseason. Not that they're going to contend for the East or anything, but I think they're getting better and going in the right direction. And I think besides Milwaukee and Boston, I think Philadelphia, uh, obviously, and the Nets, if they can keep uh, their heads about themselves and, and not self-destruct again. I think those two teams are the other two teams that probably make the top four in the East right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, I have the Nets on a tier of their own behind Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia, only because there's also a world where you can very easily see everything goes sideways and it all falls apart. And, you know, by the time we're in, say, April, we're talking about these guys all being on different teams next season. So that's the only hesitation I have with, with the Nets. But like you said, if they, they can all keep their heads on straight and they're all locked in together, that team's they're almost going to stumble into, you know, high 40s, low 50s, maybe maybe even mid-50s and wins just because of the talent on that team. But those four, yeah, they're right there at the top of the East. And then it's become almost fashionable, I think, to just kind of discount Miami. And then every year, myself included, we end up looking a little silly, it feels like, because it's like, man, you know, just pencil the heat in. They're going to be good. They're going to be tough. Toronto is tough. And I think, like you said, too, at the bottom of the conference, there are, yeah, there's a couple easy wins in there. But I think Detroit and Orlando, those teams are starting to turn into you're not just going to roll in there on random Tuesday in January, roll the ball out and, and just get out of there with a victory knowing if you just put in a half effort. They've got enough talent now where you're going to have to actually go in there and work to beat those teams and that's great overall for the league and for the Eastern Conference. Talking with our guy Keith Smith uh, here on 1250 AM The Fan as we talk about uh, the NBA and we talk about parity, and normally that's not the case. Normally, wherever KD is and wherever LeBron is, they're the teams favored to go to the finals, and more times than not, that's exactly what happens. This year, uh, there's a very good chance, again, that there's no KD and no LeBron in the NBA finals. 
who do you like out west? I, I think for me, it's the Golden State Warriors, just because of how deep they are, despite what Draymond Green may try to do to unravel the whole thing. Yeah, it's hard to pick against the Warriors. I, I, my one worry with them is they are a little bit older, and they have had some injuries over the years and it's these are things where you could see if you know you lose one or two players all of a sudden that depth is getting tested because a lot of that depth is it's it's young and unproven um for the warriors so we'll we'll see but it's they're going to be right not next i think phoenix is going to be really good again i think you know last year it kind of you know went sideways for them towards the end but that's still a really good team and it's still most of the guys who got them to the finals just two years ago. I think the Denver Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back alongside Nikola Jokic, that team's going to be fantastic. I think they actually may end up leading the entire regular season and wins just because they are a place where home court advantage really matters. There's only maybe five or six places where home court advantage is a thing anymore, and Denver is definitely one of them. But all that said, I'm picking the L.A. Clippers. I think this is the year. I think they've got the depth. They're starting out from from a great place health-wise with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to start the season. And those guys feel even the slightest twinge. They're going to sit them because their depth, their second unit is could roll some teams. Um, that's how good they are. And I think when you put it all together, the talent on the wings, the ability to defend, get baskets, I think the Clippers are going to be the team that come out of the West. A lot of people like the Clippers to come out of the West, no question. What about MVP this year, Keith? Yeah, this is where you can yell at me and call me a homer if you want. But I think Jason Tatum is going to take that step. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I think um, I think what we're going to see is I, I, we know uh, maybe this factored in with Giannis as well a couple of years ago. There gets to be voter fatigue after a couple of seasons of MVP awards sure. that people start to just kind of wander to somebody else. I think um, you know in the case of Giannis, I, like I said, I think he's the best player in the world. But I think the Bucks also know they. We don't need you to play, uh, you know, 40 minutes against Charlotte on, you know, some Tuesday in January. It's just not a thing, right? It, 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 we don't need that. So I think his numbers come down a little bit. A lot of the other good players, I think, may not play quite as much. And the difference with Tatum is outside of the COVID uh, times, he doesn't miss games. He's out there every single night. I think he's leveled up as far as a playmaker. And I think what you're going to see is a little bit of carryover from last season's playoffs where everybody was like, wait a minute, Jason Tatum really brings it on defense, which those of us who watch all the time have known, but when what the work he did against Kevin Durant in the postseason last year, people really saw that, and I think that all-around game is going to boost him along with you know the Celtics being a very good team. All right, what about uh, when we look at uh, the rest of the NBA as far as Rookie of the Year goes? I tend to be a Keegan Murray guy, even though he's in health and safety protocols right now out in Sacramento. I think he he has the best chance of winning it, mainly because if the Kings end up being 500 or better, he's going to win it without question because that team hasn't been in the playoffs since my grandma was alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, 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 it, it's pushing a very long time since the Kings have, have sniffed the postseason. But I think with Keegan Murray, you hit on a good point. If that team is good, it's also going to be because he's going to be a big part of that team being good, too. So 
I think he's got a chance. I'm going to go with Paulo Bancaro um, in Orlando just because I, I think he is in a spot where they're going to ask him to do a lot right sure. away. And so often, Rookie of the Year is about piling up numbers uh, more than it is about a lot of other things. But I love Keegan Murray. That's a great pick, too. I think it's probably, in the end, going to come down to one of those two guys. And, and, and if, yeah, if the Kings are there in the postseason, then I would give the, the nod to Keegan Murray. I got one last one for you because I'd be crazy not to have a, a boss and guy on and not talk about the passing of Bill Russell uh, and what the Celtics plan on doing around that through the season, what that means then for the team and inspiration and so forth. Yeah, as far as what they're going to do, they've got a handful of different events planned throughout the year on different game nights where they're going to do different things to honor him. They put in the uh, paint. Um, they, they put his kind of a shadowed uh, number six in the paint. Obviously, the league is uh, retiring number six league-wide. Um, you know, that's going to be there. And the Celtics also, there's a uniform that they're going to debut tonight that Bill Russell actually had a big hand in designing. Oh, wow. So that's uh, going to be something kind of kind of fun for them to, to unveil tonight for, for the fans. Full disclosure, I was not a big fan initially. Uh, if you if you see the images, you're going to be like, are they wearing Bucks uniforms? Oh. It looks a little bit more like Bucks, oh. Bucks green and the, uh, uh, they, they've got some gold accents that look a little bit kind of like the Bucks cream color. Really? Um, but it, it, it is, it's, it's when you see all the details and what they mean uh, to, to them. As far as, you know, Bill Russell, I, I just wrote today for Selfish Blog, it just went up. They're going to see that number six everywhere they go. It's on all of the courts. It's on all of the jerseys. It's on the basket stanchions. It is everywhere this season. So home and road. They're going to be constantly reminded, this is what we're playing for this year. We're trying to do the best way we can honor the greatest winner in team sports history, raise another banner. And that should be all the motivation they need is to push through and, and do, you know, what I said is win one for us. You know, you know put, put banner 18 up there in a year where you're trying to honor Bill Russell in the best way possible yeah you know that's the crazy thing man sometimes you get that magic after somebody passes away you get that bounce the ball to bounce the correct way or whatever the case may be and you point up to the heavens and go thank you very much bill russell right keith smith follow him on twitter at keith smith nba contributor to spot track celtics blog of course at front office show on twitter as well keith thanks so much for coming i will talk to you throughout the season i appreciate it thanks so much for having me there he is keith smith joining us on 1250 a.m the fan This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.